Well, when you've done that, have a seat. Good to see so many great faces at Resurgence. And uh, I'm Travis and uh, Tara, Catherine. Good to see you guys. And uh, yeah, so many good people here. And um, right on. Well, I just want to, a couple things, uh, make a few announcements. And then we're going to invite Lise to just come and share with us tonight. And um, yeah. Right on. We're really excited to see you too, Lise. And uh, I won't talk long and we'll get right to it. Um, Resurgence, uh, the next Resurgence, March 10th. And we're really excited to have a a friend of mine from Calgary, Pastor Steve Osman, um, a really great speaker. He's come to Resurgence before and he's just doing amazing things in Calgary. And uh, if you've heard Steve, how many have heard Steve Osman before? Yeah, a few, yeah. And uh, he's one that you don't want to miss. Um, we don't have a location yet. We'll know probably Monday and uh, where it'll be. And uh, but it's going to be March 10th. And um, and then right on. It'll be March 10th, uh, April 21st. We are going to Lacombe. Resurgence is going to Lacombe. And uh, we are going to be heading to Lacombe, and uh, it's going to be awesome, and uh, you'll want to come. And so we'll you have more info about that, but we're going to the uh, ch- a church in Lacombe, and uh, Ben Rogers is leading us in worship, and it's just going to be an amazing night. And uh, it's about an hour south, so we can all jump in cars and go there. And uh, they're really excited to have us, and we're excited to be there. Um, May 12th then, we're having another resurgence in Edmonton, and then again in June 8th. And just I know people are asking dates and wondering, hey, when is it happening? Um, If you want to know more about us and resurgence and what this is, go to liveresurgence.com. And uh, that's the website right there. And uh, yeah, we just uh, love you to connect with us. We're also on Facebook. You can add to a group and uh, be great. Um, That's all. And... uh, couple other opportunities. We just have some opportunities for you to get involved. We, we need you to get involved, and uh, we need your help, and we believe this is a community, a family, and uh, we have some opportunities to volunteer and to serve, um, especially in the area of ushering uh, and just greeting people at the door and parking and um, cleaning up things that fall down, and uh, we're very sorry about that, Pastor, and... Uh, and uh, just all the things that just to serve to make resurgence happen. We also have a need in the area of uh, prayer ministry, prayer ministry team we're, we're building right now, um, pre-service prayer, just lots of opportunities for you to get involved, and we would love to have you involved. Uh, area of communications, just getting the word out, uh, sending e-blasts, all that kind of stuff, website. Um, we have a real need for people just to help us with that. So if that's your gifting, if God's speaking to you about, hey, I want to get involved, uh, there's lots of opportunities. Um, Nathan, would you just come in for a second? We'll just 
This is Nathan right here, and uh, he was, you probably, you probably, probably parked your car and flagged you in, or you saw him cleaning up the vase, but he just does it all, and uh, just an awesome servant, and um, how can they get involved? You can, uh, on the way out, we'll have a, a sign-up sheet. Uh, so basically, as volunteers, uh, essentially, we, uh, uh, we help take up the offering, um, help seat people. Um, in the case of um, being here at New Hope, we uh, help park people as well. And uh, so things like that, basically anything to uh, keep, keep the evening running smoothly. And uh, just, yeah, and just being kind of like a smiling face for uh, just people as they come in and, and uh, have a seat. Good. Thanks, Nathan. And um, uh, speaking of the offering, we want to take an offering. We, as a habit, just take an offering at every resurgence because we believe that worship, singing to God is one thing, but giving is is something that is worship to God. And um, we just really believe that resurgence is not a church. It's, it's where we ask for a gift over and above your tithe and offerings. If you go to a, a church, please tithe to that church. Please give. But if, if you would pray about, hey, how could I partner in with resurgence, even over and above that, we'd ask you to pray. Prayerfully consider that. We just have, we have a big vision, but uh, big vision means uh, big bill. <laughs> um, uh, really, it does. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and so we just, we're believing God for big things, and we just want you to partner with us in serving, praying, worshiping, and also giving. And uh, tonight, I just want to, um, I just really felt the Lord speaking to me here about giving. And um, tonight, we, we have just been really blessed to be at New Hope Christian Assembly. And we've been here, I don't know, it might be 10 times, 12 times, but it's been amazing. And this is, keep coming. This is Pastor Sion. Why don't you stand, Pastor Sion? And uh, he is a pastor, and uh, we just really appreciate it. I want to thank you, and uh, honored to be here, and honor you for your leadership of this church, and what you're doing in this city. And, uh, and I just really felt the Lord speaking tonight, that instead of us taking an offering for resurgence, that resurgence part is to honor the city. And uh, we've asked before, we said, hey, pastor, is there anything we can do to help you or get behind? And, and there's some needs that you have, but there's also, we just feel, I feel tonight that when we're going to give tonight, we're not going to give everything that's going to be taken tonight is going to go to New Hope Church. And we just want to, we want to sow into this soil and we just want to bless the work that's doing and just uh, pray for multiplication of that. So if you're, if you're giving tonight, if you want to give um, in any way, I would ask you, would you give? Would you give more than you thought you were going to give? Because this is good soil. And this is, this is something that's going gonna, gonna to grow and germinate and, and be lots of fruit. And I just uh, really would ask you, as a resurgence community, could we sow into this tonight? And so, um, yeah, I want you to pray about that, what you give. Ushers, if you have envelopes, if you could distribute those. That would be awesome. If you need an envelope tonight, uh, they're actually the New Hope envelopes. We did not have our envelopes tonight. Um, but if you're making the checks tonight, it's to City Center Church. And what we're going to do is we're going to count it all up and then give a church check right to you guys and uh, just um, bless you. So anyone need an envelope? Ushers are, yeah, there. Yeah, anyone else you need an envelope? Give tonight. Oh, they're in the pews. Okay. They're behind, in front of you. Just look in front. In the pew in front of you, there are envelopes. 
right now. Well, okay. I think everyone's got an envelope. Who needs an envelope? Well, why don't we pray? God, I just thank you for your care for this city. God, I thank you for Edmonton, Alberta, and what you want to do in this city and what you want to do in the nation. I thank you for what you have done what you are doing and what you're going to do. And God, I just pray for New Hope Christian Assembly. God, I thank you for the blessing they have been to Resurgence, the blessing they've been to each of us, just opening their building and and allowing us to come and meet and just serving every way they can and, and just in ways of PowerPoint and opening the doors and just such a blessing they've been to this community. But God, I just I pray a blessing, uh, God, just pressed down, shaken together and running over into their ministry. God, I pray into their youth ministry and their children's ministry and, 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 and every aspect of this church. I pray such a blessing of your Holy Spirit. God, your touch. God, even tomorrow morning, God, that when the service starts, there would just be such a sweet fragrance of your presence in this place, God. I pray for Pastor Sion, your anointing would be on him so fresh. God, that call that he felt the very first day, that he felt the call, that it would be fresh again, God, and he would just preach and teach and and pour in and invest from that very fresh spot, God. I just pray a refreshing on his spirit, an encouragement on his family, and, and just a togetherness in this, God. And I pray for every board member and elder and leader in this church, God, just a breakthrough, uh, uh, just something just to keep them going, going, okay, we can do this, God, you are with us. Who can be against us? And God, I just pray that, that Spirit of God in their worship, God, just as they are are just really praying in and just needing people in that area, God, that you would just bless them in that area and break through an area of worship ministry in this church. And we just thank you for their blessing to us. And we just honor them and bless them with our finances tonight. God, would you lay on our heart what we should give just to bless them and get our seed into this great soil. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Ushers, if you could just write on. Well, we'll be buying a new uh, vase for you, Pastor. Anyone see that, hear that? Was in worship and just hear the psh. I was like, what's going on? Power of God. Was it on the edge up there? Okay. It's all good. It's good. I looked at Vance, and Vance just looked at me. Come on, we do. Yes, we do. Right on. Well, tonight we are. Um, Dave, I just want to make sure you're recording this. Yeah, right on. And so tonight is recorded. If you want to go to our website, liversurgeons.com, is going to have the recording. I know a number of people have asked, and uh, we're going to have that up there. And uh, we're really excited to have Lise Pelamarchuk speaking tonight and sharing. And, and uh, Lise, I've known for a few years. Lise has come to Resurgence in about 2009, just got really rocked. God just really spoke to you, uh, and then shortly after she said, hey, can I help? Can I get involved? And uh, she would be at the 
front, kind of when you come in, just greeting. And uh, even if you didn't, don't know her personally, you, you kind of have known her because she's always been the one saying, hey, welcome. And just great, great person through that first door. But then about 11 months ago, she decided to go to Africa. God just laid 12 months, sorry, 12 months, a year. Um, to go to Africa, and just God laid that on our heart to go to Africa, and we, uh, I believe it was in February at the Celtic Hall, we just prayed for you and released you, and uh, it's pretty exciting. She got back just on the 17th, just just a week ago, week in the day, and uh, we, it's really great. I know a number of you have seen her for the first time, but we just, I said, hey, we want you to share, and we just want to hear what God has done, is doing, and uh, just feel free to just speak whatever God's put on your heart. And um, I said, do you want to do it in March or do you want to do it right when you come back? And she said, it doesn't matter. Either or, I want to do it. And so we just thought, hey, she just got home. Let's hear a heart fresh. And uh, so we just invite you. Why don't you just come and uh, have the full freedom to uh, share what God's put. Yeah. people I haven't seen for a year that are sitting right there. So, Hi, my small group of seven years. I love you. And I love everyone else, too. It's eight years now? We've been in a small group for eight years. Crazy. Okay, one sec. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it is a total honor. Hey, John. It's a total honor to be here tonight. And speak. I've been so excited and so pumped. I've been on my face today just getting pumped in Baba's basement. So watch out. Baba is a Ukrainian grandma back in her basement. But I'm just going to start the night with prayer. And my heart is really just to share my journey of the year. And through that, just Holy Spirit will release some things, hopefully, that he wants to do. And there's many things that can be released in the year. So we'll see where he goes with it. But I'm just going to get down on my knees and pray. So, yeah, just join me. Yeah. Yeah, we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Hmm. Thank you for breaking through today in worship. We thank you and we just shouted out, have my heart, Father, that you broke through and your spirit broke through. And I just bless every person here in the name of Jesus. And I just, I just break off any distraction in Jesus' name. I break off any doubt in Jesus' name. I break off any religious spirits telling you weird things in Jesus' name. And I just pray that the love of Christ would manifest tonight in your hearts and in this place like he's never done before. I just pray for the spirit of adoption to fall on this place. Yeah, I just pray that there will be new sons and daughters in the kingdom tonight, and not as in new salvations, although yes, Lord, we say yes to that too, but just those that have been wandering in the kingdom as orphans and not really feeling they can, they're worthy or not even knowing they can enter into the Holy of Holies and into the Father's heart. So we just pray that over this place tonight, and I was, yeah... I'm just so excited, so blessed. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. Thank you for saving me from myself two years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, we just thank you that you're so good and that you died so there's always enough for all of us. And you died so we can live free now and then in eternity forever. Thank you, Father, that you sent your Son. We thank you that the pure gospel of Jesus Christ, when it's a revelation, your spirit changes everything. So we just... I pray I can preach the true gospel through you tonight, Father. The true gospel of Jesus Christ would be preached. And that it would fall fresh on hearts of stone that will be turned flesh. And it will fall fresh on hearts of flesh as well, God. On all hearts tonight, that it would just fall. And that your love would just reign in this place. Your love that is stronger than death. So I just release that love tonight, the love that saved me and the love that saves all of us and the love that will save the entire world and is saving people in nations that I've been to. I've seen it, and thank you for taking me there, and I just pray you'd use me, Father, tonight. Just use me. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Speak through me. Teach me as I'm teaching others. Okay, I should stop because I'll just keep praying. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whew. okay. <laughs> um, for some of you who don't know me, I'll just share a little like bit. I, I know I like to talk, so I, I'll try not to talk all night long. But um, yeah, two years ago, my life was radically changed at a resurgence. It was um, actually, I used to say it was um, um, Trevor Meyer that spoke, but it was Steve Osman. It was Steve Osman. I thought it was Trevor Meyer that gave that message, but it was Steve Osman that gave the message, the axe head, and getting your edge back. So I've been writing like, oh, Trevor Meyer, you changed my life. But he, he's probably going to change my life somehow too, I'm sure. But Steve Osman, oh, he like changed my life that night. And really what happened that night was that God convicted me and said, well, Lise, you deny Christ every day. And I'm like, oh, like that is, that hits you. Because I was like, yeah, but I love Jesus. And I go to church and I tell everyone that church is my favorite and I love city center church. And he was like, yeah, but you deny Christ. Like you don't speak the gospel. You don't, your friends don't know about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And you just kind of tell them God because it's just easier and it sounds safer. And God just wrecked me that night so hard. And I went up for prayer, but then there's so many people up for prayer. No one could pray for me. So I prayed for some other people. And then, hmm? No, it's funny. I want to hear what you say. Just kidding. Okay. I just, it's so nice to be around you people again, really. There's all the girls I hung out with last night. They've heard everything. They're getting it the second time. But yeah, God, so I went up and prayed for people and then, no one prayed for me, and that was fine, and God just said it's fine. And then after the service, this girl comes up to me who doesn't know me from Grand Prairie and said, God has a word for you. And it just, she said, you know, the word is vibrancy, and you reflect the light of Christ. And it was God being so gracious to me, because in the place where he convicted me so hard, and it was real, and he was like, you're going to either, it's all or nothing. It's Christ or nothing. It's the full gospel or it's no gospel. And so... 
he still, he's gentle. He came and told me I was vibrant. So that was amazing. But after that night, oh my gosh, and Heather's here. She was my roommate. And I went home and I told her and I said, Heather, I have to make an appointment with all of my non-Christian friends and tell them about the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And she's like, okay, you do it. And she was God, yeah, put her in my life that year, and we were able just to pray with each other and talk about how we're secret ninjas in the kingdom and good things like that. So I just met with all my non-Christian girlfriends at different restaurants and just told them, yeah, you know, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all these things. And it was more just me stepping out in faith. So blah, blah, blah. That's kind of like two years God was changing my life in um, I've also been a part of that, a small group for eight years, I guess now, and they're amazing. They're my family. And then I'm a, I'm a teacher. I've taught for four years. And about two years ago in February, God started saying to me, yeah, please just quit calling yourself a teacher. And I'm like, why would I quit calling myself a teacher? I'm a teacher. And he just said, well, I just want you to quit thinking that that's your highest calling and everything. So I listened to him, kind of, and then I just felt him saying, you need to take a risk. You need to step out into something new. So I was like, Africa. Africa's new. I have a heart for kids. And so I ended up a year ago um, on February 17th in South Africa. And when you go to Africa, you have this idea of what you think it's going to look like and that it's just going to be so, like, you and the mamas and, and like, head wraps and tea and, like, the babies. And, and you're just going to sit beside each other and just bask in the glory. But, yeah, it was, it was so different. It was really different. And where, where I went, I was with an organization, and I kind of thought God was just taking me to the promised land. Like, I was just going to, everything, I would go there and it would just be easy and it would be awesome. And God really was taking me into a desert season. And I know you've probably all experienced those before. And when you think you're going into the place of abundance, but then you end up in the desert, you're like, I, excuse me, God, where am I? You know. And it wasn't that South Africa was a desert. It wasn't the organization. It was God taking me into the desert. And so for three months, the first three months, I was in the desert. And I was alone in a desert with Jesus. And I felt anxiety every day for three months. I felt not like myself. I felt, I felt like I had made a huge mistake. Like, what have I done? I've left my career. I've left teaching. I'm in a desert. I'm in a gated community. I can't get out. South Africa is so dangerous. Like, I was going a bit crazy, really. And it's like God, through it all, through being in the desert, he was really saying to me, Will you serve me, Lise? Will you seek me so much and listen to my voice that you will listen to me apart from anyone else? And so I honestly spent nights alone in my room with just Jesus. And like I joke to people, I've always kept prayer journals even when I didn't follow Jesus and I was living another life. I always kept my prayer journal. And my prayer journal looks like the Psalms, like, oh, my soul, why is it in such anguish? When will I see the noonday rise or whatever? It was, I was really in like the pit of the pit of the desert, just crying out to God. 
And like, it was so many of you people that I could still, that, and people that I had not even known that well, that would just love me through email and love me through Facebook and just love me. And I could be honest with you and say, I am not doing good. My first instinct is just to run. Like, this is not what I thought. What's going on? This is stupid. I just, I'm not even going into the community. I'm in an office. And it was just, it was just everything. And, and God never said to me, you can go. He said, like, no, you're in the desert. So stay in the desert. You know, and that's one thing I'd just say. Like, when God takes you into a desert place, don't run out of the desert until he tells you you can go. Because he's going to... He's going to speak to you in the desert. In Hosea, it talks about how God says, I will allure her into the desert. And there she will know me and she will call me her husband. And it, so he brought me to this desert and I, I didn't know that that was where he was taking me. And so I was in the desert for three good months. And of course, when he takes you into a desert time, there's still beautiful things to keep you going. It's just you're mostly in the desert. And, and there's a beautiful story of kind of how this three months of kind of anxiety and stuff lifted. And it was crazy. I got, it was the first week of May. And all of a sudden, I just felt a weight lift over me. My situation hadn't changed or anything. But God was just saying, like, I am sovereign. So the first three months were like, I'm in the desert, I'm in anguish, what's going on? I don't feel like myself. And then it was this banner of like, I'm sovereign. And I was like, you're sovereign. And he's like, you didn't make a mistake. I didn't make a mistake. This is where you are. This is where I am. And so nothing changed with my circumstance, but it lifted. And just to show you the power of prayer, that first week when all of a sudden, all of a sudden something lifted off of me, I got an email from Dela, and I got an email from my friend Sarah in New York. And both of them had been knowing I was struggling. And both of them, like one in Edmonton, one in New York, they don't know each other, got together with groups of girls to intercede for me. And they both did it on the same week. And my friend Sarah in New York got together with three girls that don't even know me in New York, and they just battled for me. They were just like on their face crying, and she's like, we were crying, and just praying like, God, lift this, lift this. And then Dela also got together with Tara and Catherine and Beth, and, and they interceded for me, and Dela wrote back and said, like, I feel like something's lifted, God's opening the heavenlies, and that was the month of sovereignty. And then the month of June was the month of revelation, like mega revelation. And so it was just me and Jesus in my little dorm room in South Africa with my Bible. And he had me up till 5 a.m. many nights. And he just started revealing deep things to me. And I started feeling alive again. It was like he was breathing life into me. And in Hosea, it talks about, I'll make your valley of anchor, your valley of um, trouble, a door of hope. And that's what he was doing to me in June. And it was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, I was just, I was so thankful that he was shifting things. And you're probably wondering, when am I going to talk about Africa? But the first, the first while I, to be honest, wasn't really in the community. I wasn't really, um, on, on the ground with people. But the first week in June, I had a chance to go and live with a mama, Ma Audrey, 
She's Shangan uh, and background, and she lives in Cork, which is a community in Bushbuck Ridge. And it's a tough, it's tough ground in Cork. A lot of child-headed households, which are just children living on their own because their parents have passed away. Um, so I lived with her in her house with rats everywhere and super dirty dishes and sleeping on the ground. And I had to pray through a lot of things with that. But <laughs> I lived with her and we did home visits where you would just walk through the community and she would tell me stories of children. And there was four girls that have changed my life and actually showed me what the p- true gospel is. And there were four little girls and the oldest was 13 and the youngest was nine. There were twin 11-year-olds. And we actually didn't get to know them that well. We were just going to visit them. And their mother had abandoned them. They were living in their own filth. When I went there, one of the girls was trying to... They had, like, raw... They had fish that wasn't cooked, and they were trying to scale it or something to try to eat. And these girls were just in a terrible situation. And... We, and we just visited with them, and you feel so helpless. And then we went back the next day, and it was so sweet. As we were walking up into the house, these four little girls were on the ground with a sheet over them, like giggling and playing like us girls would when we were little. And it just showed me, like, oh, these girls, they're just such beautiful children that have just been abandoned. And, and yeah, we talked with them, and I prayed with them, and then we left. You just leave. You just leave. You spend five minutes, and then you have to go. And that night, after staying with Ma Audrey, I came back to the base, and I had my first breakdown. And I, like, wept for, I don't know, about five hours. I was so angry at God, and I was crying out to him, like, what am I even supposed to do? What can I do for these girls? How? I can't be their mom. I can't adopt them all. Like, oh, we can feed them lunch once a day? What? Like, oh, I was just so angry at God and just, yeah, screaming and yelling at him. And then he just took me to a place and he said, Lise. And I just really said to God, well, what are you, like, what are you doing with the world? What, what's going on? How am I even supposed to help? You've, everything's messed up and screwed up. And he just said to me, Lise, I've already made the way. And I'm like, what do you mean you've already made the way? And he's like, I already have the answer to these little girls' problem. I'm like, well, what's the answer? He's like, Jesus, my son. And I'm like, Jesus, I know. But he's like, no, Lise. He's like, he's like, he said, if you want these little girls, these four precious little girls, to one day know a day of no suffering, the answer is Jesus. And I'm like, oh, okay, because I just, it's like God, it's like when it becomes a revelation in your spirit. And you go, the answer is Jesus. And he said to me, Lise, these girls will one day know a day of no suffering if they know Jesus today. And I was like, huh? I feel like not using the mic, but I know I have to. Um, <laughs> I was, just, I was so, God was just speaking to my spirit that night. And yeah, that just changed everything. Because God knew what it would take me to get the full revelation of the gospel. Because 
before, if you don't have the full revelation of the gospel, you're not going to be compelled to talk about Jesus because you don't realize what it means. And for these four little girls, that's the only answer. We can feed them pap and mealy meal every single day, but in the end, I'm feeding them stones if I don't feed them Jesus, who is the bread of life. And I just got so rocked and I thought, oh my goodness, I get it. I finally get it. And you do have a plan for this world that is suffering. You do have a plan for all of the starving children in Somali. You have a plan for it all because it breaks the father's heart to see this more than it would break ours. And he said, you know, it's already finished. Jesus died on the cross. I sent my son so these girls can one day know a day of freedom. So that was in June, and it was, yeah, it totally changed me. And I I tried to share it with a few people, and they were kind of like, okay, Luce, you know. (laughs) I'm like, no, really, it's just Jesus. He's the bread of life, and we just can't feed him food. And it's just stones, and they're like stones. (laughs) So it's... Like Mama Heidi would say, it's both and more. It's food and it's Jesus, you know? We can't just feed children and think that that's going to change anything. So that was a changing point in my life where the gospel became so true and so compelling to me that, and God told me, he's like, Lise, the call on your life now is you bring in the lost sons and daughters into the kingdom. And it was for the first time in my life, I was like, yes. I want to bring in the lost sons and daughters. And there's lost sons and daughters everywhere. So there's lost sons and daughters in Edmonton. There's lost sons and daughters in Africa. And people think you go to Africa and you come back with the story of, well, now you have to just sell everything. And don't you dare buy some MAC makeup. And, well, you know, like, if you live simply, that'll sure help the kids in Africa. And I'm not saying don't live simply, but I'm saying what was revealed to me was like the full gospel of Jesus and how there's lost sons and daughters everywhere. And we're called to bring the lost sons and daughters home. Just as we were lost, thank you, brother, just as we were lost sons and daughters. So I just, whoa, I never thought that would be my major revelation there. So let me just see kind of where I'm at with things. What else did God reveal in that month? He revealed a lot. Oh, um... He talked to me a lot about living for eternity. And you know that song, Jesus Culture? We sing it all the time. I am chosen, I am free, I am living for eternity. And there's all these songs we sing. It's like, wait a minute, are you living for eternity? Is your hope in heaven? Oh, my hope is supposed to be in heaven, not on this earth. And God just spoke to me about heaven. And like in Isaiah 65, where it talks about the new heaven and the new earth, where it says like, and there will never be an infant that dies and there will be no more crying. And so he was just saying like, at least this is what you're living for. And this is what you can pull down on this earth. And I, I didn't quite understand how to make that happen yet in the circumstance I was in, but he was speaking it deep into my heart. And in that month, he stamped, like if God had a stamp and he was stamping all my things, like he was stamping urgent, urgent, urgent. He was stamping urgent all over my life. And I had to make some really tough decisions because when I had applied with that organization, I had signed up for a year and that was my plan. And then in June, when God revealed 
the call over my life and revealed the pure gospel, I just thought, I have to be released into this. I have to be somewhere where I can be released into walking in the spirit and bringing heaven to earth. I have to be somewhere where I can lay hands on every person I'm with. I have to be somewhere where they believe that broken legs can be healed. Like, I have to be there. So I just thought, uh-oh, what, what am I going to do? Because the organization has a bit different um, focuses other than those things. So I thought, oh, my goodness, like, okay, well, the, the right thing to do maybe would just be to stay. I told them a year, and, and I could just kind of... I don't know. And it just didn't sit well with me. And in July, God just released me. He said, you are released. And he did not release me in month one when I wanted to be released. In month two, nope. Three, nope. I kept asking him, can I go home? He's like, nope, you got to stay. Month four, when he was sovereign, he didn't release me. Month five, when he downloaded revelations, he did not release me. And in month six, he said, you're released. And I said, okay. And that was probably the toughest month in July because I was in a small community. And, you know, it's just we don't want to go back on our word. But I was a volunteer, and it just, I knew God was releasing me into something. And he had downloaded Revelation. So what do I do? I send a Facebook message to 40 spirit-filled believers back in Edmonton. That'll help you. (laughs) So a bunch of you got that email, and I just said, you know, God's released me from um, here to move on, but I, do, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm in South Africa. I just got my South African visa. I'm learning how to speak Saswati. I can drive on the left-hand side of the road now. Like, I'm feeling comfortable. I know all the people really well. The last thing I'd want to do is really be released because I'm finally feeling into it. But God's saying, no, you're released. He's like, urgent, urgent, the kingdom. Come on, Lise, lost sons and daughters. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I sent out an email, and um, I got a message back from Laura. She's here tonight. And she said, oh, here's a link to something called Harvest School. I've been wanting to go to this school forever, and I just think it would be amazing. And Heidi Baker and on and on and I so I thought oh okay and then I think on the same day or the next day Travis sent me a link to Iris Ministries in South Africa and so I was looking through stuff and I first realized okay this Iris Ministries link in South Africa okay Michael's Children's Village no wait my friend Kasha works there and so I had met this girl Kasha that worked at this children's village and it's Iris Ministries I'd never heard of Iris Ministries and then Laura's link is Iris Ministries, Harvest School. I was like, oh. And so I, I called up Kasha and I said, you work for Iris Ministries? She said, yeah. I said, have you ever heard of Harvest School? She's like, yeah, I went last year. You got to go. You'll get so rocked. You'll get so wrecked. You got to go. And I just thought, oh, I got to go. I got to go. So um, it was seriously within three days. Um, I got all that kind of connections to everyone. And then I went on the webpage for Harvest School And the little kind of heading to get you there is like, God's raising up a new generation of radical laid down lovers that are ready to lay it all down and go for it. I'm reading it and I'm in the office of this other organization going, 
oh my gosh, I'm going to harvest school. And Tommy, the boy who already thinks I'm way too weird and radical, is, I start laughing really loud. I'm like, Tommy, I'm going to go to harvest school. He's like, okay, Lise. <laughs> and so it was just, yeah, I had never heard of Iris Ministries. I'd never heard of Heidi Baker, um, Roland Baker. And I'm just new to following Jesus for real two years. So I thought, I thought, okay. I'm going to harvest school. And I looked at the dates. And so I'm looking at this in July. And the dates are October, November, December is the school, 10 weeks. I thought, this is just really good. And of course, it was all this money. I'm like, oh, whatever, money. And so I, to be honest, I didn't even really have to pray about it. It's like when you've been in prayer for a month with the Lord, when you're in the Father's heart, when something pops up, you just know it. It's like, you know, some people, oh, well, I got to sit and pray about that for three days. I was like, I don't have to pray. God just put it in my face. And I knew this is what he's been downloading. This is what he's been releasing. And so, um, yeah, I finished off my time at that organization in month six. I was leaving for Mozambique in month seven. No, eight. So now I'm in month seven. I've finished there. And it's just a month of preparation. And this amazing couple that have been with YWAM for years, Rich and Lynn Hodge. They're from America. They live in South Africa, live up the road. We lived on this kind of ministry road. They said, Lise, come live with us for the month. Just drink coffee, pray, read your Bible. They had this beautiful balcony that overlooked Legagot Mountain in Masoy community. And my mom was coming to visit. So I spent the month there and it was amazing. And oh yeah, I applied and got into the school as well. So I was super pumped and really excited. And I was able to spend time with Kasha, who was at Harvest School last year. And she's like, oh my gosh, Lise, best 10 weeks of your life. You're going to get so rock. Mama Heidi, she's so radical. Yeah, that's what you said to me. It's like, oh, you love Mama Heidi. She's totally Holy Spirit, radical lady. So I was really excited to be released into that. But it was not in my plans. I don't have a Mozambican visa. Now I got to pay for this. I got to buy plane tickets and everything, but everything just fell into place because I was in South Africa and Nelspruit. You could, I could go and get my Mozambican visa by writing like three things on a card and waiting two hours. And they're like, here you go. Whereas if I was here, I'd have to send it over and all these things. But it's funny because people go, oh, well, then is that do you wish you weren't at the other place? I'm like, no, because God was not ready to release me to something like harvest school when I went to Africa. Because if he was, he would have took me there first. And God said, no, Lise, I had to bring you to the desert. Not saying the organization's a desert or the other things, but in my own desert. He brought me to my own desert and said, and I was walking in the wilderness and he said, will you serve me? Like, will you love me? Will you actually listen to me when others are telling you no? That is so hard. It is easier to just go, okay, well, just do what they're saying. But I knew God was speaking to me. And how I knew is because I was on my face for a month. You know, I was on my face with the Lord till 5 a.m. going, what do you want from me? I want to give it all to you. You've shown me the pure gospel. And so... Yeah, God takes you to those places to make you hungry for him. And it's just like what he did to the Israelites. After he brought them out of Egypt, did they walk over to the promised land and start eating figs and dates? No, no. He took them to the desert to roam around. 
for a long time. Figs and dates. I was in Israel. That's what they eat. <laughs> figs and dates. Yeah, figs and dates and whatever else. But so if you're in a desert time right now, so I'm speaking to the desert time people, like stay in the desert with Jesus until he releases you. But you need to be on your face before him because sometimes you'll be in that desert a bit longer than you're supposed to be. He knows how long you need to be in the desert. He knew I needed a good three or four solid months in the desert with him of being totally abandoned, totally, yeah, totally empty, totally like I am nothing. I can't do anything. And then he brought me out of the desert. So now we're getting out of the desert in the story. And um, when I arrived to Mozambique, Oh, wait, wait, wait. 3B. Yeah, I forgot that one. Um, I had this major revelation as well. When I was in month seven, living at the other house, I met so many amazing people through that organization. My roommate, Ponso from Lesotho, amazing couples from Zimbabwe, pastors from Zimbabwe, like such rich people there. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. And there was this amazing um, girl from Cape Town named Megan. Spirit-filled girl. Like, she can fire throw, like, koi throw, play the bongo drum, speaks fluent Saswati. Like, she's this little white thing. She's so cute. And so we would hang out late at night because she didn't like sleeping either. Everyone told me, by the way, oh, Lise, you're going to go to Africa? And you're going to be in bed by 8 p.m. Because it gets real dark there and you're so tired from the sun. Because I like staying up late. No, I was still up till 1 a.m. in Africa every night. You know, you cannot change a night owl just because it's you're in Africa. But I was with Megan one night. And God gave me this deep revelation. And when God speaks to my spirit... It's not this audible voice, but it's him. It's his spirit speaking to mine. And it's like, whoa. And he said, Lise. He, he said to me, it was in month seven. He said, Lise, you have no, by your own power, by your own decisions, how you chose to live your life. There is no way you should be sitting here right now. He's like, I saved you. From yourself. He saved me. And he made it so clear to me. He's like, it's because it's by my grace that you're here today. It's by my grace that you just spent seven months in South Africa meeting beautiful people. And it's by my grace you're going to Mozambique. To this amazing school. And... When you realize what you should have been because of your decisions, because I didn't start living, following Jesus and being obedient until I was 25. So from mm, up to 25, that's a lot of years of being very disobedient and having one foot in the world and one foot at the cross. So what that looks like is, I love Jesus, I love City Center Church, I love Jesus, I love worshiping him. I can still have seven gin and tonics, I'm not drunk. Oh, Jesus, I love you, I love you. I can still be really unintentional with men. You know, it's this pull of pardon the world, 
part at the cross. And it wasn't until two years ago that God really brought me to the cross. And so when you get a revelation of how God saved you, you'll never be the same. No. Like you live every day. Thankfulness is not something you need to do. It's just who you are. You're just thankful every day. You're like, to be honest with you, the decisions that I made and how I lived my life before, if God didn't save me from them, I should have been pregnant at 17. Like, when you, like, why did he save me? You know, like, when you get that, like, I should have just been pregnant at 17. I should have an 11-year-old right now, but you saved me. And for eight years of my life, every time I would be not living in your will, you would just go, okay, Lise. Okay, Lise. And he'd just pull me out. And he'd just protect me. And, you know, when you're not being obedient to Christ, all he can do is love you. That's it. He cannot use you. When you're living in constant sin, you can't be released into your higher calling. He can just love you. And he'll love you the same. He loved me when I was seventeen year old, a 17-year-old girl not knowing anything. And to where I am now at 28, he loves me the same. But now he can use me for his kingdom. And that, that is amazing. And I don't know why he chose to save me. I don't know why for those, that like eight-year stint of my life... I didn't have to be a result of my consequence fully. And so, thank you, Jesus. Like, muto obrigada, Senor. Kushakuru, Yesu. Siabonga kakulu, Jesu. It's many languages how you say thank you to Jesus. But it's just like, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And it's like, for those of you who are still living in that. You know, I can still drink five pints of beer, but I love you, Jesus. Okay, I'm sleeping with my girlfriend, but I love you, Jesus. Okay, I'm just going to stay in a job that I hate, but I love you, Jesus. Like, when those of you who are still living in that world, like, he's protecting you and he's saving you, but you may be a result of your consequence at some point. Like, we always are, but it may be a huge consequence sometimes. We never know. And so... I would say, like, just jump over to the cross full feet, like, tonight. Tonight. Because you don't know, you don't know how long he's just going to protect you. Like, I don't know why he fully protected me from so many of my mistakes. And there were so many consequences for it. But I would say to you tonight, just step at the cross. Like, there's no greater place to be. And it's like Jesus is coming back. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of lost sons and daughters to bring into the kingdom. So step two feet at the cross tonight. And so, yeah, um, that was a deep revelation that he rocked me, that I have never fully grasped how much he saved me. And I was just sitting with my friend Megan, and it just came. We weren't talking about anything. And that's when, that's like the spirit of revelation that God brings to you. And I feel like the spirit reveals more when you're 
intimate with Christ, when you're on your face before the Lord, and you don't even have to ask him to reveal it, and he just brings it. And so that was 3B. Yeah. God saved me from myself! Exclamation mark. Okay, now we're going to the uh, land of abundance, the promised land. Um, in month eight, I flew on a plane with Heidi Baker. She was on our plane. Imagine all of us students. It's Heidi Baker. She's on the plane. Um, it, the school, Harvest School, is a 10-week missions training school in the dirt in Mozambique. Pemba, Mozambique is on northern Mozambique, close to Tanzania, across the street from the Indian Ocean. That's where we lived. It was amazing. And so the Iris Ministry base is there. The 10-week school, um, there were 270 of us from 26 nations. So there were people from Brazil and Switzerland and Holland, and it was stunning. And so we lived in little houses with 14 people. Like the house was, I don't know, and 14 people, the water would turn off for weeks on end, and the beds were rickety, and, but it was full glory, like more glory than anywhere you've ever been. So you didn't care. <laughs> like, I haven't showered, I'm eating rice and beans. It's like full glory, full love. So really, it was amazing. And I'm telling you, oh, man. When we got off the plane, we flew from Joburg to Pemba, and, you know, we all don't really know each other, these students. We're all in love with Jesus. And Mama Heidi's on the plane. And then we get off the plane into this little, little, you know how the, if you've been to Africa's countries, like the little ones where you're like, this is the airport. And we get off. And I have never been embraced by strangers with such love. It was just the spirit of love was there. And Mama Heidi was going around to all of us and hugging all of us and looking at us in the eyes, being like, I'm so glad you're here. And she was serious. You know, this woman is pure love because she's on her face every day, but pure love. And then when you walked out of the little door, when you finally have all your bags, there's about, all, there's all the staff from the base and then they bring about 40 children, and they're all smiling and singing, and they're like, welcome to Harvest School. Welcome to Mozambique. And, and they grab your bags. They shove you on the back of a camion, which is like a truck, and there's like 50 of you sweating already, and the humidity's hitting you. And we got onto the base, and from that day until the day we left, I've never felt the manifest presence of God like that. I've never felt the fire of God. I've never experienced love like that. I've never, ever, ever. It was an open heaven. It was an open heaven. And, you know, what we got to be a part of was because of somebody's obedience to Christ. You know, it was 17 years of them being in Mozambique on their face in the dirt, trial after trial, that there's this open heaven now. So when someone like me walks on, you just get blasted with love. So it was, it was amazing, amazing, amazing. And, yeah, I just wanted to share some of the things I learned at the school. We went to school from 8 till 1 every day. Our classroom was no chairs. Just the cement floor, 300 of us in a hut. 
so the first week they're like, okay, your, your butt's going to be hurting, your back's going to be hurting, but I promise you by the end of the 10 weeks, you'll want to sit on the floor. So it was true the first week. And, and now even I was at home in my mom's and she, we were on watching a movie on the couch and I had to go to the floor. So it's like you get used to the floor. Um, but the school was amazing. Mama Heidi taught us for about two hours a day. Papa Roland, her husband, taught us as well. We had missionaries from all over the world, a team of, oh, revivals in Brazil. Watch out. Anyone want to go to Brazil? Hello. Have you been there? Yes. Yeah, the Brazilians, they've got the revelation. And a team of 25 Brazilians came and ministered to us for a week. And it was like pure fire, a Brazilian fire tunnel. Whoa. (laughs) You have no idea. It went on, and when you have like a thousand people to get through a fire tunnel, it goes on for about five hours. And then there's the people that go through like three times. I'm like, you've already been through. She's like, I want more. Okay. So that's kind of the motto of the schools. Like there's always more. There's always enough. Press in. Be on your face before the Lord. He wants to bless you. So yeah, it was just a stunning school. But the main teachings that I feel... I received from it. It's hard to put into words, but Mama Heidi, her main thing is lower still. Get lower. Get on your face. Get on your face. Get lower. Stop for the one who is the one so you can stop for the one in front of you. And we were just, and that's what the school was. It was just 300 radicals on their face screaming before the Lord for more. And then he came. He came every day. And at the school, they also have um, a, a Bible school for local Mozambicans. So like men that live in the bush, they own one t-shirt, maybe a hat. And then they train them for five years. And these men are filled with the fire of God. Maybe they didn't know who Jesus was five weeks ago, but they're filled with the fire. And it's because Mama Heidi teaches on the Beatitudes. The first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. So get what? guess what? The kingdom belongs to those Mozambicans because they are so desperate for God. They're so poor in spirit. They're so on their face because they have to be. We're at a disadvantage in North America because we actually don't have to be on our face if we don't want to. Because we, can, we have clothes, we have a job, we can live this okay life without Jesus. So I learned so much through the Mozambican pastors, and we would have classes together. We did foot washing together. Huh? We did... We did communion together like you just you couldn't even walk for two hours after because the presence of God was so thick in just what was going on that you just had to stay still and be so thankful that God is releasing this so um yeah the Mozambicans were amazing amazing so Mama Heidi teach teaches worship and adoration so you are just on your face before the Lord. I think she spends two or three hours a day on her face before the Lord. And you just worship him for who he is because he's God and he saved you. And he, he sent his son so we can bring in all the lost sons and daughters. And so 
we would just do that. We would just be on our face crying out like, God, we want more. And that's something I didn't know much about, like the more of God. Well, okay, but God's good now. And they're like, divine encounters, visitations. We want more. I'm like, we want more. We want visitations. <laughs> you know, like when, when you're not used to that, you're like a visitation. Oh, I want to see Jesus. Do I want to see Jesus? Okay. You know, like I had never been there like, Pray over your bed every night. Divine encounters with the Lord. And the thing is, some people look at it like, oh, they just always want more of God. What's wrong with those people? But it's like, you want more of God because he's God. But you want to be filled with him so you can give it away. Like, it's these living springs of water. Okay, you know, this is my latest rant about things that's so funny. Like, all these songs we sung when we were little kids. I got a river of life. Sing with me. Flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Open the prison door, sets the cat is free. I got a river of life flowing out of me, spring up a well, splish splash. Yeah. You can tell I'm an elementary school teacher, but okay. So let's just look at those words. I have a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk, and the, amen, blind to see, opens, prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Okay, get on your face every morning and sing that song to yourself, and then go to work, and then go to lunch. Like, we don't even know what we're singing. We have rivers of life flowing out of us to set people free. And if you're not set free yet, that's okay. You can get set free. And then you can set others free. You know? And you know how I realized that with that song is we would worship there, I'm telling you. Worship there with 300 of the most radicals in the world. It's like, you're like you're in heaven almost. Worship was so amazing. We, we would never stop worshiping. We'd, I don't know, we'd worship, I don't know, three or four hours a day corporately. And when the Mozambicans were there, they'd be worshiping in Portuguese. The anointing would be so strong. You'd be on your face for three hours. And then you'd wake up and realize God just revealed many things to you. And so, you know, what, we were just released into the more of God there. I was released into the more. What my soul was crying out for in the desert God released me into. He's such a gracious God that he took me to the desert, but then he let me go somewhere where it could be fully released that I didn't even know. I didn't even know that stuff could happen. And we were in worship one night, and this guy, Jono, this amazing South African guy, when he, he leads worship, he takes like weird, crazy songs and does it, and that's what he sung. That song, I Got a River of Life, like we sung when we were little. And you start singing it, you start getting like, whoa, whoa, this song is powerful. I've got the river of life. Oh, I can set the captives free. The blind can see through me because of the river of life in me. So it was just, whoa, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, another thing, for those of you who are feeling like you don't know where to start or you feel as though... I don't know what to do. How do I, how do I do it? Like, should I do 20 minutes of devotions in the morning? Should I, should I just read starting in the Old Testament? Should I, you know? But what I would just do 
is every day get on your knees and put your face to the ground for maybe like five minutes a day for a week and just be still and the presence will hit you you'll probably be in tears and you won't even know why but god will just touch you because when we humble ourselves that's when he comes that's when he comes not when we go okay well then i gotta do this and then i haven't done my devotions so i'm a really bad christian and then i you know if you're compelled to do devotions every morning do them do them do every devotion book you can but don't do it because you feel like oh oh i should do it if you don't want to do it don't do it like get on your face until you want to like god's love compels you to do things Christ in you compels you. If you let Jesus love you, then you can love others. And so that's what I would say do. Get on, and there's something about being on the face, or on your face, on the floor. And this isn't like a dirt floor in Africa, but it's still a floor. And there's something about humbling yourself that God loves. He loves the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Poor in spirit means desperation for God. It means, like, I have nothing. Like, I'm, I'm bowed down before you. Fill me up. We sing that. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. But just get down before the Lord and let him love you. That's another thing I learned. Just let Jesus love you. Like, sit there for ten minutes and say... Well, I'm just going to let you love me now, Jesus. You don't have to do anything. If you start thinking about other things, it's fine. He's still loving you. And like his love breaks every chain. His love will change you. So you don't ever have to go, oh, now, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to quit like drinking way too many beers or I'm going to quit dating too many guys or whatever it is in your life that you're trying to go okay i need to get rid of this sin i'm going to stop all you need to do is get before the lord fall in love like let him love you so you can fall in love with him because his love will flow through you and you'll fall in love with him and then guess what it's no work you won't want to do all those other things because it'll just fall off of you because you're like i'm in love with jesus i don't i just love jesus and when that happens in your life, everything changes. Everything becomes easy. That doesn't mean there won't be trials. It doesn't mean God won't take you through more deserts to, you know, take you deeper. But it's so easy to just be before the Lord. So that would be a challenge to you. Spend, like, if it's too hard just to be in silence, put on, like, a worship song you like or something. And just get on your face before him. And don't say anything or say everything. Or scream. My, my radical friend, Mayor from South Africa, the most radical believer I've ever met in my life. I'm not lying. More radical than any pastor, anything. He's 20. He's 20. Radically changed when he was 17. He said, yeah, Elise. He said, now when I just pray to God, I just scream. <laughs> He's serious. I just scream. I want more of you. He just screams. He also prays in tongues 24-7. You'll be in the car with him. He's like, blah, blah, blah. what are you doing? He's like, I'm praying in tongues. He's like, 
He's like, he's like, it says pray without ceasing. And the only way to do that is to mutter something because I can't come up with words all the time. We got to bring him here one day and let him release stuff at a resurgence. He's released so much over my life and pushed me into so much more. And you know, iron sharpens iron. So get around someone who's more radical than you and let them just sharpen you and go like, oh, how can they do that? Oh, they can just go pray for that person on the street. I can't do that. That's too scary. Or like, wow, that person's like so in love with Jesus. I'm not there yet. And it's okay. I wasn't there. I'm still not where mayor is. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, let them love you. Lower still. Beatitudes. Um, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And if you want to see him, you can see him, you know, you can see him, but your heart has to be pure. And God spoke to me so much about purity this year. And purity means more than just physical, like sexual purity, but it connects to that too. And God is telling me, Lise, I'm raising up an army. I'm raising up an army of laid down lovers, but you have to be pure. You have to be holy. You have to be set apart. You have to be sanctified because I want to use you. And that's what he's raising up. And that doesn't mean, oh, now I have to try to make myself pure. No, it means get on your face, let him love you so you can love him. So then you will become pure and then you'll see him. You'll see his face. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys, like being in this room, like this is going on in South Africa with a bunch of Afrikaans people right now. This is going on in Israel with Arab Muslims who found Jesus alongside with Jewish ultra Orthodox who found Yeshua, Jesus, and are worshiping together in Israel in the Holy Land right now. Like the time is now, the urgent stamp that God was stamping all over my life, he wants to stamp all over yours, because he's going to come back, and it's going to be soon, whether it's in our generation or the generations to come. And Papa Roland, oh gosh, like Mama Heidi, when she teaches, she's like, you know, shaka baba, shandai, oh Lord, we love you, Jesus, you know, and then Papa Roland comes on, her husband, he's like, Joy of the Lord. <laughs> you know, I just, this is him. Joy of the Lord. Jesus. Like, once he preached for two hours, and he just said, like, who's the lover of my soul? Jesus. Who's the greatest man in the world? Jesus. And honestly, people were like, that was the best sermon ever. <laughs> Everyone was just on their face. And so they both have different ways of of releasing stuff, but what they, what Papa Roland released over us is just like Jesus, you know, he always said, the Holy Spirit is just happier than you are. The Holy Spirit is just happier than you are. Like, why are you so grumpy? What's wrong with you? It's Monday. Glory. You know, he's like, go have the best day of your life. They told us that every day. You are released into the best day of your life. And it just would be. Every day would just be better. And like, how is this possible? But they would talk about this laid down army of laid down lovers ready to just roar. Like the line of the tribe of Judah roaring over the earth. And I got to experience it. Because how can a girl from Brazil who came from this background of, she actually wrote 
these terrible stories. It was like she was in porn, pornographic stuff going on and in the Catholic Church and all these things. And Jesus saves her. And she's on fire for Jesus. And then like a girl from Switzerland who barely speaks English. And then um, a guy from India. How can we all have the same spirit in us? Like that is a testament to the power of Jesus. How do we all love each other without knowing each other? How do I love all of you without knowing you? It's because of Jesus. There we go. Like, and it's so powerful. And he's raising up this army. And he's raising one up in Edmonton. And I am so excited to be back. Yeah. Because, like, let's get radical. <laughs> like, seriously. What? Either, you know what? It's like, either get, like, so radical for Jesus or just, I don't know, go do something else. Because, is that really mean? Oh, gosh. Because I... <laughs> Because it's way more fun. Radical doesn't mean you have to be some crazy lunatic. Radical means you love Jesus. And you want others to love Jesus. So when you're sitting in a bus on a boring Monday, you know, trying not to have the best day of your life, and, and, and you're bored, why don't you just pray like, okay, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to talk to? Do you have a word for me to give to someone? Okay, that lady over there, she looks sad. Or, like, just make it fun. Like, God wants to release so much through you. And you all, no matter how scared you are or how not scared you are, he will use you when you just humble yourself. And he uses the humble and he uses the meek. So I just want to see Edmonton turned upside down and Canada. Like, Canada, I don't know, we're aligned with Israel. We're like ready to go, really. Canada, I think, is ready to be released into a lot of things. And when I was on my face in Mozambique one day, it was when those Brazilians were there. Those Brazilians leading worship, they're speaking in Portuguese. I don't know what they're saying. It was so anointed. Like everyone was just like on their face and you just didn't even know what was going on. And it's so funny. I would use like my skirts. All of us would do this, so don't think it's gross. But we'd wear these big, long African skirts, and you just would always be, like, in this deep weeping sometimes, and you just use your skirt to, like, wipe, you know? It's just, your skirt's dirty anyways. We had to hand wash all of our clothes, 300 people, for three weeks, or 10 weeks. So it was just, yeah, it was beautiful, just in the dirt. And, like, the most beautiful things, like, you'd walk back from class, and there'd be this stunning girl. She was from Sweden. And she had on eye makeup, and then she was crying, and there were, like, these two, like, long things. It's like, everyone's just, like, vulnerable. Can we be vulnerable? Please. Like, if you worship at home and you like twirling around, then twirl here. Please. It makes it way more fun. Yeah, get free. Pretend you're in Africa. Everyone's free there. At church there, um, during worship... There would be about a thousand people and all the Mozambicans would be on stage releasing their songs. And then all of a sudden, like, a Congo line would break out. And there'd be, like, a thousand people on a Congo line. And then there's Mozambican village kids doing backflips. And, like, it's all, it's like, let's just be free. Because that's what the spirit does. If you're not feeling free, then the spirit's a bit squashed. Something is doing this. And there's so many people who are like, well, I just, I'm not a clapper. I don't dance. Well, I'm not saying you have to dance, but be free to be who you are. Like when you worship in your room 
Or when you worship in your car, don't come here. Like when you're releasing the sound of heaven in your room, don't come here and stand and don't release the sound. Because we need to release the sound together. Do we, we like want an open heaven, and that's how you get heaven pouring down. The stairway is when you are yourself and you're free, free in the spirit. Um, talking about being filled with the spirit, it says that you'll be filled with the spirit and a power will come on you. You'll be filled with the spirit and a boldness, a power will come on you. That's not of you. You can be this meek little girl and all of a sudden you're filled with the spirit and you're like, sir, your knee's hurting? Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Like, you're like, oh, you know? Like, I still remember the first time God called me out to pray for somebody. It was at Resurgence 2010. So I haven't been like this for that long, but 2010, and there was this really beautiful girl worshiping. And God was like, oh, go pray for her. And I had never prayed for a stranger before. I was like, no, that's so weird. I'm like, yeah, there's like other people at Resurgence that do that. But I'm not, I'm not that, you know. And God just kept saying, go do it, do it. So I ended up praying for her. And it was Tamara, who's one of my good friends now. And it's just like taking those steps. Challenge yourself and pray that the Spirit will give you the boldness. It's not you. Like the Spirit fills you and you're compelled. When you see a man with a knee brace on, go pray for him. Why not? Mama Heidi, when God told her, Heidi... I want you to pray for people with no hearing, people who are deaf. I want you to release sound, you know, through me. She said yes. And she said she's never said no to God. Anytime he asked her to do something, she says yes. And I actually believe it because she's crazy. Awesome. I love her. I love you, Mama Heidi. Um, She had to pray for a year in every village for all deaf people until the ears opened a year it's like do i have that faith do i believe the promises in my life i feel like in north america we just think well if it doesn't happen in the first week the second month it's not from god i'm going to give up and in other countries when their only option is to pray they actually can't give up you want to know why people get raised from the dead in Mozambique? It's because when a mama dies and she has seven kids and the pastor in the village knows, well, these kids need their mama, he'll pray for four days for her. And then she'll get raised. Like, in Canada, we don't do that. Like, and we think, well, people getting raised from the dead, yeah, right, Lisa, that's so silly and la, 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 but... That's never happened here, and I doubt the story's true. And, but it's because are we radical enough to pray for four days for somebody? We pray for 20 minutes, and oh, it's just not working. It's like you pray until Holy Spirit says stop. <sighs> That's scary. And so there's been, I think, 80 people raised from the dead in Mozambique. And story. When I was still in South Africa, I got to stay in a child-headed household for four days, and it was amazing. A family of four, they'd been orphaned for um, six years, and there's this amazing 
guy. His name's Gift. He's 18 years old, set apart, filled with the Spirit, this orphan. He's been an orphan since he was 12. He's not an orphan. He's a son of the king. But, yeah, Mama Heidi says we hate that word. But just so you know, no parents. And right away I knew, okay, something's up with this kid. He's, like, filled with the fire. Because the whole night I felt so safe in the house, and there was all this drinking and stuff going on with the uncle. And the other girl I was with left, actually. She got the... Because it was our third week in Africa, and they said, like, if people are drinking, you know, it can get really bad. And so she got the organization to come and leave her. And they said to me, like, Lise, do you want to stay by yourself for the rest of the time, which was the rest of the weekend? I said, yeah. Because I felt peace in my spirit. God was like, no, you stay. And for her, I know she had to go. She had a past with people with alcohol and abuse. That was fine, but God wanted me to stay. And the whole night I felt so safe. And I said to Gift, this boy who I don't know, this South African, Saswati-speaking 18-year-old, like, yeah, I felt safe last night. Oh, yeah, that was, I was praying the fire of God around the house. I was like, oh. <laughs> That's why I felt safe. So I knew right away, this kid is set apart. And anyway, six months later, I'm at his house. I would go visit them every week, and I finally rented a car because I'm like, enough of this. If I'm in Africa, I'm going to go drive through the communities by myself and go visit children. So I would drive my little clown car on these streets that were like this through the community, and they'd see like the only white girl, Malungu. Like, a Malungu. It's like, Sambonani. Oh, yapo. You know, they, well, if you speak a bit to them, they, they're like, okay, she's okay. She can be in the community. And I went there one night, and he's, I said, what church do you go to? And he said, oh, let me show you it. And it's this little shack, like this, made out of found parts. And as we were going there, he said, oh, my pastor lives here. Come meet him. So we go into his pastor's house. And it's a little shack, you know, nothing in it. His name is Pastor Shangwei. It's really funny, he talks like this. And so I get talking to him, and he says, oh, so where are you going? What are you doing? And he said, oh, yeah, you're going to Mozambique. And I said, yeah. He's like, oh, you're going to see Mama Heidi? I'm like, yeah. You know Mama Heidi? Oh, I, I love Mama Heidi. I'm like, how do you know Mama Heidi? He said, oh, I've been in Mozambique. I did harvest school, which is like unheard of. It's like $2,500 US. This guy lives in a shack. I'm like, you did harvest school? Okay. He's like, ooh, you love the children? I'm like, yeah, I love the children. Ooh, you love to worship? Yeah, I love to worship. Ooh, you're going to love Pemba. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going to love Pemba. And so I got to meet him and everything. So now I'm in Mozambique. And every Sunday night, they would turn the laundry room into a movie place, which was just like open sky. And we watched documentaries. And how many of you have seen The Finger of God? Yeah. We're watching The Finger of God. And they get to the part where they're interviewing a South African guy in, in Joburg who was raised from the dead. And it's Pastor Shangwei. Come on. I'm like, that's, that's Pastor Shangwei. They're like, oh, that's Francie. You know Francie? I'm like, I met him randomly in a community with the Holy Spirit guy that I did a homestay on. Like, out of how many people in South Africa? I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord, and that showed me the Lord knew he was bringing me to harvest school. He was already weaving stories together, but I was still in the dark in the desert. So I've met Francis Shangwei, and his story is in 
compelled by love by Mama Heidi or in furious love how he was beaten to death and pronounced dead and then he was raised and and I've met the guy and he's filled with fire I went to his church his church of about 12 people in a community South Africa needs prayer like revival needs to break out there but all the don't worry all the Mozambicans filled with fire I'll go to South Africa and and take care of it but yeah just amazing amazing things beatitudes filled with the spirit so yeah boldness being released living streams of water let Jesus love you walk past the gates okay um one day during worship like it was very amazing like very open people could come and give words and this one guy oh you would just love this this guy's so anointed worship wise and he comes up and he just starts he releases this song who i fought with my friend after i was like no that was just prophetic he just released it she's like no that had to be written before it's way too good like but it was just released and he sang this beautiful song that was like walk past the gate walk past the table of sacrifice well it's past the altar of sacrifice sorry walk past the t- candles of vigilance walk past the curtain into the holy of holies into his mercy seat and it was just stunning and something god really taught me about was the spirit of adoption while i was there and being sons and daughters of the king and when you're a son and you're a daughter of the king you have access into the holy of holies you have access into his lap actually you can go anytime you want and go sit on Abba's lap just hang out with him and then Jesus is there and you're just allowed but in my life i realized kind of because my earthly father he's a lovely father but we're not we don't have an intimate relationship we have a kind of like two pat hug love you dad love you too lise and da 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 and we've we've never really sat and had long conversations or anything so i feel like subconsciously for part of my life i that's how i treated the father i would go oh love you god da, da, da. love you oh better get out of the holy of holies i'll just be at the the gate you know and so mama heidi would just talk about that cuz she's like when you're adopted in then you're released to be the daughter of the king and when you're the daughter of the king or the son of the king you're not scared of anything you have heavenly resources my wine friend from finland would always say my daddy's rich he's really rich he's rich i don't know how i'm getting to israel but he's rich so and she was there she got there you know like he has everything we need that he releases through others or that he releases miraculously or however he wants to do it but he has everything we need for us and and when we're a daughter we start using it and so many times in our life we actually are orphans you know we talk about orphans in south africa without an orphan is someone whose parents have died and they're alone and so many of us act like orphans and for so long in my life i acted like an orphan with god i would never really ask him for anything cuz the enemy tells you this lie like well you already have so much what are you asking him for you know well yeah your life is already okay like but look at that girl like she's really struggling so you're actually fine you don't need to ask him for anything but god wants you to ask him for everything and he wants to release his love on you and release all of the gifts he has for you so you can release them on others and so 
Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just pray that your spirit of adoption would fall tonight. I just pray over every, I'm just going to pray over every girl right now. So if you're a girl, yeah, I just want you to do one of two things. You can either stand up or you can kneel down on the ground somewhere. You can come up here, you can kneel at your place, like whatever you feel comfortable with. But don't sit, do something different. So if you're a girl, just stand up or kneel down, get low, come up to the front, come up to the altar if you want. You're just welcome as you are. I'm a girl. I better do something different too. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for just guiding this right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have created each one of these women to be a warrior for you. And Father, I just pray you'd release the spirit of adoption on each of your daughters right now. And I just pray that all of those lies and all of those chains would just be broken off in the name of Jesus. I just release you daughters into the lap of Abba, of your father, of daddy God, whatever you want to call him. You can walk past the gates and past all the tables, past the veil which has been torn, and you just walk directly into him and you just let him love you. And God, and he will love you and he will break off what needs to be broken off. It may not happen just tonight. It may happen just tonight. I don't know. But you need to just keep coming before him every day and saying, teach me how to be a daughter. I want to be a daughter for the king. I want to operate in the spirit. I want to be bold like Esther. I pray the boldness of Esther over these women. I say, rise up, women of God. And I just pray against the things, the lies that you're believing. That, oh, I'm already married with two kids. What am I going to do now? I can't really go to Africa. It's not about Africa. It's not about Canada. It's about where you are. It doesn't matter if you can't go to Africa because there's lost sons and daughters everywhere. If you're on a bus, if you're at a mom's group, there'll be tons of lost daughters just wandering around. And you're called to them. Yeah, I really pray a boldness over every woman in the name of Jesus. I break off fear. Spirit of fear, we break you off. We bind you. And we laugh in your face. I laugh in fear's face. Because we're covered by the blood of the Lamb. We've been redeemed, set free. You have nothing to fear in Christ Jesus. Perfect love casts out all fear. So, if you're fearing, you need perfect love. 
how you get perfect love is you sit at the feet of Jesus or you climb into the lap of your father and let him love you. You don't need to do your woman's devotions every day to get the love of Christ in you. I'm not saying devotions are bad. I love devotions. Do them. Don't feel guilty if you don't do them. If you're a busy mom of three, take five minutes on your face in the closet and let Jesus love you. And then let him love you all day. It's not about doing. We just are before the Lord. And his love will break chains. His love will fill us up. And then we're springs of living water. Yeah, Holy Spirit, just reveal to each woman right now what she needs to lay before your feet so that she can be released to be the warrior, bold woman that she has been called to be. We just pray for an increase, Lord, of your love in every woman's life here. A love that just breaks everything, breaks past shame. I break off spirit of shame and guilt for your past. I'm not living in shame and guilt of my past, and my past is not pretty. But I'm living in pure freedom. I'm just living in thankfulness. Why don't you just live in thankfulness? Why don't you just throw thankfulness in the face of the enemy when he tells you to be guilty and shameful and go, no, I'm thankful because God saved me. So yeah, you had me then, you don't have me now. Like there is a calling on each of your lives that is so loud, so bold. Some of you are called to be carriers of the fire of God. The fire of God is like his fiery love that you release and you roar. Some of you are called to be carriers of the water, where you are just like water to others, and you just, yeah, you just nourish them. You know, you don't have to be that woman that shouts out and prays loud. That's fine if that's not who you are. But God wants to release you into who he wants you to be, and it's going to take risk. Risk is good. But you don't have to do anything but let Jesus love you. And then he'll just compel you to do things. So if you're not compelled, then go spend more time with Jesus. God, we just pray a greater intimacy. Everything flows out of intimacy with you. And we break off like past things that have caused us to be scared of intimacy. Whether it's past relationships, relationships with our father, with other men. And we just say we want to be intimate with you. We want the heart of the Father in our heart beating as one. We want to be love set on fire. We want to just, we just want to set love free in Edmonton, in Sherwood Park, and wherever we live. It's it's all or nothing. It's do or die. It's the urgent stamp. God, I pray you'd stamp urgency all over every one of these women's lives right now. Over the call that they have on their life. I pray urgency in each of your hearts. Yes, Holy Spirit. God, we just pray over forgiveness in our lives. As women, we can be very 
we can hold things in and become very bitter, very angry about what others have done, what we have done to ourselves, what you have done to us, the life you've given us. Like, it is not a mistake, the life you're living. If you're married with two kids, it's because God wants you married with two kids. If you're single, it's because he wants you single right now. Like, it's exactly where you are is where he has you. When I was in the desert, that's where he wanted me. So, so we thank you, Father, that each woman is exactly where you want them at this point. That doesn't mean you aren't moving them out of the desert or pulling them in. Some of you are going to be pulled into desert times. Some of you will be released out of them. But he's where you are where he wants you. But he just wants to love you. Mayor, my radical friend, wrote on my page today, Jesus is so in love with you, Lise. And he tells me that all the time. He's like, Lise, I just want people to know that Jesus is so in love with them. And he's not going to love you anymore when you get better, just like Graham Cook says in that really good thing. He's not going to love you anymore when you become better. He's not going to love you anymore if you become worse. He loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. He created you. You're his daughter. And, okay, women, I want you just to picture right now in your mind, like, yourself dressed in, like, I don't know, your favorite dress or a dress you don't even know, like a beautiful white dress, maybe, flowing however you want it to be. And I want your hair to be how the exact hair you want, because we never have the hair we want, but... Let it be the exact hair you want. And let your face look exactly how you want it to. And this is a vision that God gave me that I just want to release over you. And I just want you to picture yourself in the throne room. If you don't know what the throne room is, just picture yourself in glory, like white lights and just peace. And that the Father, Abba's sitting on a huge throne. And then Jesus is at his right, hand, right side. And then you're standing beside Jesus. And I want you, even if you don't know how, to stand boldly. Like with such confidence, like a humble confidence of a daughter. And it's like the Father's there, and his hand's on Jesus' shoulder, and you're holding Jesus' hand. And this is where you're seated, right now. It says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where you operate out of. That's who you really are. You're that bold, beautiful warrior woman who has the power of Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit connecting you all. That's what you operate out of. That's what I operate out of. We're daughters of the King. We're not orphans. And we're not going to operate like orphans any longer. We're going to be bold like Esther. We're going to be willing like Mary. We're going to be so willing to say, yep, Lord, use me. 
if I'm the only mom at mom's group, if I'm the only single girl at that group, you can use me to release your kingdom, to release your love. So whenever you get to a place where you forget where you are, just come back to this vision and let God download more for you. That's just what he gave me. Ask him for visions. Jesus, what, who am I to you? How do I look to you? Who do you say I am? Who do you want me to be? Get on your face and ask for visions of who you are. Ask to meet him if you want. Jesus, let me meet you. He'll show you in different ways. He'll show you how... He's not going to do more than you can handle. Like, your mind will be blown probably a bit, but he's, you know, like, don't get scared to ask for more because he's a good God, and he'll give you what you need. But I just, yeah, I just pray, Holy Spirit, just this rising up in the women in this group right now, that they would start living as true daughters of the King. In the glory. We can live in the glory every day. No matter what you're doing. We can be filled full with the Spirit every day. You can have the fullness of joy, peace, patience, kindness. All those things every single day. It's what's promised. The fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, Father, so I just bless all of my sisters in Christ. I bless where they are, but I bless where you're taking them. I stand alongside them as a sister learning to be a daughter. I thank you that you're teaching us. I thank you that you're going to take us deeper into your heart as we let you. As we draw to you, you're going to take us deeper. Yeah, we just thank you. I could go on forever, but... Yeah, we just thank you. So you can stay where you are, ladies, but now, men, the sons, rise up, sons. You can come to the front as well, sons. You can kneel. You can stand. You can do anything. And, like, if the women can intercede for the men while we're releasing this. So intercede however you ooh, want. <laughs> no, it's just a water bottle. But intercession is so important. And it's, like, a beautiful thing to intercede for the men of Edmonton. And, men, if you, didn't, if you weren't interceding for the women, then do that when you get home. Wow. Yeah, I, by the way, I did not plan any of this. It's just the spirit. <clears throat> okay. Wow. Come, Holy Spirit. Just we want more of you. Spirit, speak through me what you want me to release over the men in this, in this place. Hmm. Holy Spirit, we just release these men, these men of God, to be sons of the King. 
We just release them to be warriors for the king. Just as the women are warriors, the men are warriors, but they're different warriors. So we just say, rise up, sons of the king. You are the, those that lead the battle. You're leading the battle, men. We need you to lead the battle. Need you to lead the battle. So we just ask Holy Spirit, and in order to lead the battle, they need to know that they are sons, that they are warriors, that they are strong, that they are loved. Yeah. Holy Spirit, come. So, Holy Spirit, just show us the things that, show each man what needs to be broken off in their life, the things that are stopping them from being sons of the King. We break off poverty mindset. We break off orphan spirit in Jesus' name over each of these men. We break off spirit of inferior, like feeling inferior, Inferior, that's the word. (laughs) Can't even say. Yeah, I just break that off over every man here. The spirit of comparing. Yeah, we break off the spirit of comparison over men. Because each of you are called into the kingdom. It's like your dream. You're part of a kingdom. That's every guy's dream. You're a warrior. You're in the kingdom. And you're all called in to not compare or to not feel inferior to another man, but to be warriors together. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I break off spirit of pride over men. And we replace it with the spirit of confidence. God, we just really pray. Pride can get so messy, and there's such this fine line with pride and confidence. And we need confident sons, but we don't need prideful sons that are going to compare or feel inferior or fight others in the kingdom. So I just pray specifically right now for those sons that have been feeling inferior. That you don't add up. You're not tall enough. You're not wide enough. You're not short enough. You're not smart enough. You're not athletic enough. You're not artsy enough. Whatever. You're not prophetic enough. You're not, I don't know, whatever lie the enemy's trying to get you down with. We break off spirit of feeling inferior. Feeling unworthy. Feeling like you don't have enough to offer the kingdom because you do. He created you just the way you are. He loves you. He wants to release you into your destiny, release you into your higher calling. Higher callings don't always mean you have to quit your job. For some people, it does. But your higher calling is what you were created for. You can still do that in a nine-to-five job for some of you. You can still be released into that. But I just break off fear. I break off complacency. 
Yeah, we break off spirit of complacency. And we say, rise up. Like it says, rise up, O sleepy nation. We say this to the sons and daughters. Rise up, O sleepy nation. And arm yourself with the Lord. Put on Christ. It says, I put on Christ. So I ask that the sons would put on Christ every day. And that you would be bold and you would have this confidence. Confidence is so beautiful. Confidence through Christ. And that you would just walk as these sons in confidence, knowing that you have so much to release in the kingdom, to bring the kingdom to earth. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come reveal to the hearts of these men what they need to lay down. I, God, we ask you to reveal in both the men and women just impurity in their lives, sexual sin. We want to be purified, sanctified, set apart. It says in Daniel, in the end days, many will be purified, sanctified, made spotless, but the wicked will continue to become wicked. And we're called to be purified and made spotless. We just slam the door shut to the enemy of saying, oh, just this sex and this and that, and it's just, God, it's not what we want. We want to be so pure before you. But we can't do it on our own power. We can't try to not to. We can only fall in love with Jesus. We can only let him love us so he can fall in love with us so that it can be broken off. So I pray you'd humble these men to their faces with their struggles, whatever they are, that they would be so hungry to be set apart, purified men of God, leading, called to lead, lead their families, Yeah, I pray for any men that are husbands, just that you would be this holy leader in your family that just leads boldly but softly with a confidence in Christ and that you would be on your face for your family, for your wife, and the same, that wives would be on their faces for their husbands. God, we thank you that you're raising a generation up of laid-down lovers, of people wholly set apart for you so you can use us. But you can't use us until you got us. You can't use us until we get a full revelation of the gospel, until we are so in love with you, Jesus. Until then, you just love us, and that's okay. If you're just in the loving stage, just let them love you until you're ready to release it all. If you're not compelled to tell people about Jesus yet, let them love you until you are. 
Yeah, I'm just going to wait on the Spirit for a bit to see if there's just anything else. So just, maybe we'll just be in silence for a bit. You can have this time before the Lord. To just lay down those things that you want to be rid of. And just come before his face. And yeah, even the suns before the moment of silence. If the suns want to do like a, the same type of visualization where you are you are dressed in something that you feel confident and bold in, like what you picture yourself in. You know, and you look like you feel. You know, you look strong and bold and like a son of the king, however that is for you. And I just want you as well to walk up to the throne room boldly and just take your place at the right hand of God next to Jesus and just... Picture the Father having his hand on Jesus and Jesus having his hand on you. And then just stand with a confidence, a humble confidence, if there is such a thing, which there is, but a humble confidence of saying, and just say to yourself quietly in your head, I'm a son of the king. I am in the kingdom. I'm called to bring the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of earth. And I will not fear any longer. I will not let fear grip me. And I won't let sin grip me because I want to be set apart wholly before the Lord. So I can roar. So that the roar inside of me can be released. This roar of freedom and of bringing in the lost sons and daughters. He wants to use you. He loves you. He thinks you're the best son. He, he wants to clothe you in so much beauty and so much love. And we just break off the spirit of, oh, men aren't supposed to be mushy and don't cry and don't be vulnerable. Oh, yeah, we break off spirit of not being able to be vulnerable, <laughs> whatever that is. We just... Open up that spirit of vulnerability. Just be who you are. There's nothing more beautiful than a person who is being who they are. That's beautiful. So you're released, sons. You're released into the kingdom. You're about your father's business, not your own business. He gives you the orders. He tells you what to do. You don't have to make them up. But you need to spend time in the throne room. You need to spend time on your face before the Lord. And just open your heart to let him love you, which can be hard. You need to sit and say, Jesus, love me. Love the crap out of my life, please. Love away the sin. Melt it away. Your love is stronger than death. If his love stronger than death, his love stronger than anything that you could have in your life. 
It's love that will set you free. His love. So yeah, Father, we're just going to have just a time of quiet. I'm going to just leave it up to you, Holy Spirit. If people need prayer, um, I'm more than willing to pray and others as well. You can ask the person beside you. You can pray by yourself. If you don't want to pray, just let Jesus love you. And just sit and just be for a second. It's cold outside. So yeah, Father, I'm just going to give you thanks for tonight. Thank you for each person here. Thank you that the spirit of adoption is falling in this place. That we're not going to walk around like orphans trying to get a scrap off the Father's table because we think we're not good enough or we think we have too much so we can't ask. You want to release the kingdom in us, through us. You want us to be the kingdom on earth. So we say we're ready to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, but we need you to love us first so we can love others. If we're not compelled yet with the gospel, compel us. Just get on your face and say, Jesus, I'm not compelled to tell anyone about you. You need to love me so I can be compelled. Do something radical in my life. Change things. Yeah, we thank you, Jesus. So we'll just keep this a time of, I don't know if they want to play and a time of prayer. If you have to go, you can go. But thank you so much for letting me share. And I'm really excited just about what God's doing in Edmonton and with resurgence and all around. So if you want to chat with me or pray with me, I'll be here.